Um, I have a question for you. Um, how many of you know where is the Sea of Tranquility? Quite a few of you, and I, I think you, you, you know it, but you, you just don't realize yet, because um, uh, it's situated in the moon. Our moon today is not really round, but um, you get the idea. It was given, the Sea of Tranquility, it was given its original Latin name, Mare Tranquillitatis, in an Italian lunar map, which was published in 1651, some time ago. And earlier astronomers before that, they had already established the practice of calling these um, areas, these moons, uh, darker basalt planes. They are made of, like, the, the material or the ground in there is darker basalt, whatever it is, which is a little darker. And they, they were called mares, or seas in English, as they appear much darker on the surface, as you can see over here. You, you can check it out later in the evening if it's, if it's clear skies. And we had also the Apollo 11 mission, which uh, landed in that exact space, the Sea of Tranquility. And the naming of these, these areas, the seas of, of, of um, lunar surface, that is a, a good example of how people look at new things from their own viewpoint. And that viewpoint, it is very much based on previous knowledge and previous experiences. We have come far from the days of the early astronomers, but the thing, it remains the same. We all see new things in relation to our previous experiences. And that's why the scientists must have thought that those darker areas, must, they must be seas, bodies of water, as they are here on Earth. So, um, the Gospel of John, it uh, aims to change the way we see Christ. And that is the sole purpose of the whole book, all the way from the very first verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Gospel of John, it is the youngest of the four Gospels, and its sources also vary from the others. The way John pictures Jesus, it is much more detailed and much more multidimensional than the original three accounts of what had happened. John the Evangelist, he had the advantage of being able to see the bigger picture. And thus, the Gospel of John, it is said to be more theological, so to speak, than the other Gospels, Mark, Matthew, or Luke. And therefore, it has one core message. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And by the 20th chapter of the Gospel, the one we uh, watched today, the Lumo video, the, well, actually, the 20th chapter, it was originally 
and it's most likely it was aimed to be the last chapter of the book. And as the 21st chapter of John, it's thought to be a later addition to the gospel. And by the 20th chapter, the gospel, it has come a full circle all the way from the creation to the new creation in Christ. And in in between that, uh, in between, John portrays us what the Messiah is like and what it means to his followers. The first verse, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It links directly with Thomas's words in today's Gospel. As Thomas exclaims, My Lord and my God, in verse 28, and he's the first person in this Gospel to call Jesus God. And when we look at today's text more broadly, we notice how Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit to the disciples. Just as God the Father created man through his Son by breathing the breath of life into his nostrils, and so does Jesus breathe the new breath of life to the disciples. And that marks the time of new creation, which has dawned in Jesus' resurrection. It means restoration of the long, corrupt relationship between humankind and God. And as we read from the first letter of Peter, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. And this is the ultimate gift of new creation. The ultimate gift the Messiah came into this world for. We are given new birth. Isn't that something? That is a gift that initiates a change in us. A change that points us to God. And Peter goes on. So you have... Oh, whoa. (laughs) Though you have not seen... We're getting there. Just bear with me. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Well, this new birth, it comes from God. It does not come from seeing or doing something in particular. Just like Jesus tells Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And actually, what is seeing something anyway? It's, it, it, is a, it is a way of interacting with, uh, with the outside world and absorbing visual information from around us. But seeing, just seeing, it is not an adequate source of knowledge in itself. Because, what do you make of this? Or perhaps this? I mean, there has been a set of rather amusing pictures circulating in the internet lately. These have stunned people as they are fully generated by artificial intelligence. So absolutely and perfectly fake pictures, but pretty credible, aren't they? By now, we see it has become quite clear that in this age, one can never completely trust a picture or even a video. Computers, they can generate just about any image imaginable, 
And all kinds of videos, they can be staged or even generated artificially. Pictures, they can lie. And often, they indeed do so. And we also watched a video and saw how biblical events can be staged and interpreted visually. But we don't believe in that video. That's not something we believe in. But we believe in the gospel message behind it. The movie, it's just a plausible interpretation of what has happened. But of course, it might help us digest the message in a new way, which is great in itself. But even now that we know that sight, it can deceive us, we still agree, we still might agree that Thomas's reaction in the gospel, it's completely natural. He wants to see and he wants to feel the risen Christ because that just seems much more credible than hearing it from the other disciples. But I don't think that only seeing Jesus did make him believe. Rather, it confirmed the faith he already has. The messages of the prophets have been fulfilled and the Messiah has conquered death. And to be honest, we all have read the Easter Gospel texts. Everybody, just about everybody in those texts, they are confused at the empty tomb. And even when Jesus joins some of the disciples on the way to Emmaus, they don't recognize him. So faith, it must come before seeing, because just seeing things, it's not enough. Because otherwise, we see Jesus' suffering and death just like we are used to seeing someone else's suffering, someone else's death. It means, it means we might feel it, we might be sad about it, but it doesn't change anything. So, if not a picture of Jesus' death and resurrection, it, it, so it's not, it, it is not a picture, picture of Jesus' death and resurrection that makes us believe, is it? It must be something deeper. Our faith, it's based on God's divine love and his willingness to make us his children. It is based on the message of the Bible all the way from Genesis to the book of Revelation. It is not mere words or pictures, but God's will. He invites us to see the world differently and point our eyes towards eternal life. Point our eyes, point, point our eyes away from the things we see in this life, to point something eternal. And one part of understanding the world differently is also re-evaluating the concepts of law and sin. And that is what Jesus tells his disciples to do. He gives them the power to forgive or retain one's sins. But I think that it is not a question of authority, but rather of an assignment. The, the disciples, they are to follow a new way of life, a new way of understanding sin. Just as Paul puts it in his letter to Galatians, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the, the desires of the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. And this is not an easy thing to preach to others, let alone to follow yourself. And that we all know. That's actually impossible. 
And so the disciples are only capable of doing that through the power of the Holy Spirit. Only with the Holy Spirit one can see beyond words and beyond pictures and believe. And it is only through the Holy Spirit that anyone can invite others to follow Jesus and accept the gift of grace. No amount of pictures or miracles can do it without the guiding hand of the Spirit. And that is how Jesus also sends the disciples out into this world from behind locked doors. And that is the only way the church can flourish, with the Holy Spirit opening our eyes to see and believe. Well, our understanding of the moon, or not our necessarily, but the understanding of the humankind's understanding of the moon, it has increased a lot over centuries. Obviously, we know that they're not seas; they're bodies of water. We can see, but the moon. It can be actually it can be reduced to numbers and to the elements, the basalt, whatever it is. Still, you can inspect it, and many have had the chance to touch it or touch a piece of it. Even actually, um, I come from Finland, and I was told that the Finnish one of the Finnish presidents he actually received um, as a gift from the United States of America. He received a stone from from the moon which unfortunately is in his family's private collection and not the, uh, it's not owned by the state, which is the uh, reason I haven't had uh, the chance to see a rock from the moon. But when it comes to risen Christ, we don't have the opportunity to touch. But I say to you, we don't need it. Well, Thomas had a, had a chance, though, but we settle with something else. Because we interact with with the risen Christ in communion. We touch and we taste his death and resurrection. And we join the new creation. The Spirit will teach us what we need to know. And as Peter puts it, I might have it up there, yeah. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end results of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen.